You are listening to Riverhouse Church's Sermon of the Week. We hope this talk equips and inspires you. Well, I'm going to um, begin with just a short prayer, posture our hearts, and then we'll continue on this uh, journey of prayer that the Lord's leading us into. So, Jesus, we thank you that you're here in this room, and we thank you, Spirit of God, that you are in this place. We thank you for the peace that you brought to us during worship, Holy Spirit. We thank you for the power of the connection between our hearts and yours as we worshiped you through song. And now, Jesus, we want to worship you through the word. And so we just, we ask that your spirit, God, will come and minister to our spirit, God, that you'll grip us with your conviction and that you will lavish your grace abundantly upon us in this place. Yeah, Lord, your grace, it's an endless supply. You lavish your, your beloved with grace. And so together we just say, Jesus, we want more. We open wide and we ask for more. That you'll saturate this atmosphere, Holy Spirit, with the presence and the peace of Jesus. That you'll take what he is speaking in heaven right now and you'll disclose it to us on earth. Right here in this house, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 8, verse 26. We're going to start tonight, and I'm going to continue on this theme that I opened up last week of intimacy and intercession, and I'm going to bounce back and forth between these topics as the Spirit leads, but we're desiring to create a rhythm in this church and embody the vision of being a people of prayer in this church uh, by uh, being a people of intimacy and intercession, and what I um, am believing that uh, we will get to, as it pertains to Riverhouse Church, is that we'll be a people that 100% of us spend time alone with God every day and spend uh, a time each week uh, in, in a corporate communal space of intercession. Uh, that is what I believe Jesus is discipling us into as a people of prayer, so a people of intimacy and intercession. And uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, we have a corporate time of intercession at 6 a.m. at the Riverhouse Prayer Room at the church office. There's been a lot of you showing up uh, this last week, which is exciting, and I would uh, invite you once again to come and pray. Revival groups are also creating spaces to pray. I know that there's prayer groups for moms are gathering. I know there's men that gather in Meridian every Friday, so they are forming. In the revival group communities, we also have the corporate ones at the prayer room, and we would love for you to be there and make that a part of your weekly rhythm. Um, and tonight I'm just going to continue on this and let Jesus keep lavishing this grace because there's really a grace and an anointing that he's releasing in this house right now as it pertains to prayer. And so I want to bring you into the joy and the excitement and the uh, incredible privilege that prayer is tonight and talk about intercession. Last week I talked about uh, being confronted with silence and how silence and solitude coming to inner peace and rest is actually the internal atmosphere necessary to hear the whisper of God. And it's in the whisper of God that we actually can become intimate with Jesus. And if you weren't here last week, go listen to that message because it's the foundation for this week's message and they're very much hand in hand and interchangeable. You can't have effective intimacy 
unless you've had uh, times of in, 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 intercession, until you've had times of intimacy with the Lord. Um, and so please listen to that if you have not. But uh, in, in intimacy, we're learning to hear the whisper of God, and it's the whisper of God that actually positions us to hear the roar of the line of the tribe of Judah. So tonight, I want to, we, we, we laid the found work of the whisper last week, and we're going to take you from the whisper to the roar tonight. Amen. So Romans 8, verse 26, says, In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So I want to talk tonight about how we become a people that intercede according to the will of God. Right? Because it's interceding according to the will of God that makes our prayers powerful. It's not length of prayer. It's not volume of prayer. It's not the emotion attached to our prayer that makes prayer powerful. It's when we pray according to the will of God because his will will be accomplished. His word does not return void. It accomplishes the purpose for which it is sent. So we want to learn to pray according to the will of God. But to pray according to the will of God, I believe we have to follow the sequence of this verse. Verse first recognizes that we have to come in a posture of weakness, recognizing that we do not know how to pray as we should. Right? If we're honest with ourselves, if we rewind 10 years, there's no way on earth you thought that you'd be where you are right now. All right. Trust me, I'm a pastor. <laughs> There's no way on earth that I thought I'd be a pastor, right? And I say this only to say is his will is higher than our will. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He has perspective that we do not yet see or fully comprehend. And so when we're coming to pray according to the will of God, sometimes I think we have a little bit too, we take for granted like, yeah, I know what to pray. No, we don't know what to pray. We have a weakness, and we actually have to learn to pray according to the will of God if we want to see powerful, effective transformation released through our prayers. And so I want to talk tonight that we have how to pray, intercede according to the will of God, which is essentially praying in the Spirit, praying from a place of union with Jesus, which is why intimacy is completely essential for this thing. I can't pray in the Spirit unless I've learned to live in the Spirit in Jesus Christ. Okay, so we're going to pray according to the Spirit, right? And to do this, and, and according to the will of God, we have to recognize that God wants us to know His will. And just a couple verses for you in Ephesians chapter 1. It says, In all wisdom and insight, He made known to us the mystery of His will. All right, so God's will is a mystery, but He wants to give you wisdom and insight to make that mystery Known to you. Right? In Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, Paul prays that we will be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Right? So again, we need wisdom, insight, understanding to perceive the will of God. But the good news is that we have access to the wisdom that we need because we have it in Christ Jesus. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. But by God's doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God. Right? So God puts you in Jesus 
right? Just like a branch, he grafted you into the vine of Christ. And one of the resources, one of the nutrients that the vine of Christ supplies to the branch is wisdom. Yeah? Right? And wisdom opens your eyes. It gives you the perspective of God so that you can know the will of God. You can know the mystery of his will. Right? So what I'm trying to say is this. God wants us to pray according to the will of God, but to get the wisdom necessary to perceive the mystery of his will, we have to learn to abide in Christ, which is where God put us when we got saved. Right? So the whisper, silent solitude, the whisper actually infuses us with the wisdom to perceive the will. That was good. I didn't even plan that. The whisper. I'm not even going to try to say it again. I'm going to say whisker. <laughs> so intimacy precedes intercession. Because it gives us the wisdom we need to perceive the will of God. And it's praying from the will of God that actually brings power to our prayers. All right, so I'm going to talk about two different ways uh, of intercession that are highly ineffective. Right, we want to pray effectively. As we grow up in God, we actually learn to pray more effectively because we're learning to pray according to the will of God and not just according to our own will, our own thoughts, our own ideas, whatever's spinning around in my own mind. Right? So it's not, not all prayer is the same. Not all prayer is equal. I think that's a mistake we have, and sometimes we're afraid to look at that because we, we see that through a lens of condemnation and judgment, meaning like, oh, they must be a better Christian than me. No, they're just on the journey of discipling, and we're learning to pray like Jesus prayed. This is why the disciples came to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Right? So the beginning of learning how to pray is humility, a recognition that I need to be taught, and I'm hungry to learn something that I don't have. Jesus prays in a way that you and I probably have never known prayer, but he's the great intercessor, and he's discipling us. He's actually destined us to become like him. Right? So we have to recognize that the journey of growing in intimacy and becoming like Jesus is actually going to produce in us an ability to intercede with a greater effectiveness to see more power bear on behalf of the prayers of God that well up in us and are expressed through us. All right, so we want to grow and learn to pray with greater effectiveness. There's two ineffective ways that I have seen as it pertains to intercession that I want to talk about tonight. I named these myself, so no, Tim Keller didn't come up with this. <laughs> I think you'll be able to recognize that, right? The first one I'm going to say is dry intercession. All right, so dry intercession is when we're just praying from our minds, and it's not really a passionate, there's no emotion attached to it. It's just, I'm doing it because it's a duty. It can be mechanic. It can be, you know, I mean, who's had like, you know, a 10-minute devotional time and you were watching the clock? Right? That's dry intercession, okay? Like when you're praying and you're like, okay, I can't think of anybody else's name to pray right now. I must be good. Amen. Give me a good day, Lord. Right? Pretty dry experience. Right? You know, you following me? I remember I preached this sermon years ago and I had a guy, he came up to me. He was kind of rocked by it because I was talking about, I just, I just wanted to kind of like spook people. This is the beginning of my ministry. I probably have learned more, but I was like, I said something about like spending five hours of prayer with the Lord. And you could kind of feel the, 
in the room, like, that sounds miserable, you know, like, I'm sure some of you are like, yeah, it does, right, but I was saying how, yeah, we say, like, the idea of three to five hours in prayer sounds like the most daunting thing I've ever heard in my life, and yet people will stand outside an Apple store overnight to get a new iPhone in the morning, right, or people will go to Six Flags Magic Mountain, and they'll stand for two and a half hours to get on a roller coaster, no biggie there, but when we talk about two and a half hours, three hours in prayer, it's like, my gosh, I just don't think I'm that spiritual. <laughs> right? That may be a sign that there's dry intercession in your life. Right? It's, it's something that it's engaged. There's an intellectual assent that this is the right thing to do. I'm going to do it because Jesus told me to do it. You know, we have all the, we have all the lingo. Right? But there's a lack, there's no real conviction, there's no motivation or inspiration in the experience, right? Dry intercession, it's more of an intellectual duty type experience, right? And that's, I'm not going to go deep into that, I think it's kind of easy to self-diagnose it, but I, what, uh, I, what I want to spend a little bit more time on is uh, what I'm going to call exhausting intercession. Isn't that profound, you know? Gosh, you ever heard anything like that? I'm a theological genius up here exhausting intercession, all right? And this is when we are praying uh, from the soul. We're interceding from the soul. This can be tricky to recognize immediately. You almost need retrospect and time to start discerning through if you're, if you're interceding from the soul and, or if, you're, if it's being derived from the spirit. And what I mean by that is exhausting intercession will engage in your soul, right? And just to kind of give you, like, mind is, you know, your, your intellectual ability, right, to cognate words and cognate things in life. The soul is the emotions and the will. The spirit is actually where we commune with God and receive revelation and receive wisdom, right? So when I'm interceding from the soul, but I'm not interceding from the spirit, I'm actually, my prayers are being derived from self, right? And if you're honest with yourself, you look back in your life, I mean, right? Everybody, I feel like at least every Christian has at least like one guy or one girl that got away, you know, that, that I was convinced she is the one and I was praying with all the passion of my soul. Let your kingdom come. You know, and it just didn't work out. Now you look back at your life, you're like, thank you, God. <laughs> right? You're like, oh, 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 you love me. Right? But... In the moment, you were like, I was interceding. There was such passion. I was weeping before you. I was breaking my alabaster, Lord. Right? But you look back and you're like, man, I was not praying according to the Spirit of God. I was just praying according to my soul. My emotions were engaged in it. It was heartfelt. Right? But it was being derived from self. It was my will. And I was, there was this energy that I was, I was trying to force God into getting my will to be accomplished. Does it make sense? Right? Jesus just talks about this dynamic in Matthew 6. He's given an instruction on prayer. This is Matthew 6, 7. He says, And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they'll be heard for their many words. So don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So he's actually addressing this, it's, it's a begging mindset, right? There's this, right, he's saying the Father already knows what you need, so you don't need to beg him, right? You're coming from this posture when you're praying from the soul only. It's like you're begging, God, move, please. 
right? Provide, provide the money or, or heal the person. And it's heartfelt. It's from, you're, you're stirred up in your emotions, right? But it's not, it's not being resourced and, and, and filled and supplied and inspired by the grace of God. So you fall into this place where you're, it's like you always feel like there's so much energy that you're exerting to try to force things to happen through your intercession. Does this, does this relate? I've heard people share things with me like, you know, Jordan, I realized I spent so much time in prayer and I was so worried about what people would think I sound like or if my prayer was spiritual or if my prayer was powerful. So I always would pray the loudest in the room and I would like, right? Because it's like, it's something about when it's soulless prayer, it's like the more passion that I can, you know, show because we can experience power through passion. It's replicating it, but it's lacking the spirit of God, right? So there's, there's soulish prayer. And this, frankly, is just exhausting. One of the ways that you can discern uh, if this is evident in your life is typically you'll lack endurance. You'll lack perseverance. You'll get tired. And I, uh, there is a season in my life I was, and this is when I was just learning to pray. And the, the one caveat I want to say on all these things is that God is always faithful to our heart. So it's not like he's like, it's until you pray perfect, I don't listen. It's not him at all. He sees our heart and he's growing us. And uh, I think when I really first began praying, I was a freshman in college, started praying 5 a.m. every morning. And there was a guy that I was praying with and he was a powerful intercessor. And I would listen to him pray and then I just started kind of praying like him, right? Which is what you do when you're, you don't, I don't know what I was doing, but I was like, man, I've never heard anybody, he's like, frankly, he's yelling. I couldn't sleep if I wanted to, even though I'm tired because he's praying so loud, right? And I'd had this whole season and it was so graced. And then he ended up getting older and graduating and I was going and all of a sudden it was like, I'm tired. And I stopped praying, right? And it was kind of this hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. And the Lord had to start bringing consistency to me. I recognize now it's because I was still in my soul. I hadn't yet dropped down into my spirit. Is this making sense? Dry intercession is when you're just praying from the mind. It's rote, mechanic. Exhausting intercession when it's just rooted in the soul. And there's a lack of connection or a disconnection or an inconsistency between what the spirit of God is praying according to the will of God and my will, right? So the key is as I'm emptying self, I'm actually becoming... Uh, positioned and actually having capacity to receive revelation of what the will of God is so that I begin, right, as he imparts this wisdom to me, I can see what his will is. I can begin praying according to the will of God, right? So to jump back to Romans here, this is what I would describe as dynamic intercession. Uh, I'm actually going to go to uh, 1 Corinthians rather, but so the spirit of God, right, intercedes with groanings too deep for words. Say that, deep. Deep. He's, there's this depth to the Spirit of God. Right? So the Spirit of God knows the mind of Christ. He knows the mind of God. He, he, the God who searches the heart of every man, the Spirit of God knows all of that, and he's interceding with deep groaning, right? As we come into intimacy with God, that Spirit, his, the Holy Spirit begins to disclose information and begins to, to speak to us and give us the will of God, right? And this is dynamic intercession, 
Our spirit receives the conviction of God, the, the deep groanings of God. Our soul then animates those with emotion and affection. And then our mind begins to cognate and piece together spiritual words with spiritual thoughts. And, and, the, and we become these vessels through which the prayers of God are are transmitted to our spirit, animated through our soul, and then expressed through our minds as living, dynamic intercession that is in resonance with what Jesus is praying in heaven. Right? 1 Corinthians. Things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard. This is verse uh, 7, 8. And which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. So Paul's talking about the mystery of God's will. The things that God has prepared for his people. They've never entered the heart of man. But to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now we've received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit of God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. So Jesus is the heavenly vine. We are the earthly branch. The heavenly vine is interceding with groanings, and the Spirit of God groanings too deep for words. He desires to transmit through intimacy, through the bond of the Spirit of God. He wants to transmit those prayers to your spirit, animate them in your soul, combine them, cognate them with spiritual words in your mind, and express the prayers that Jesus, the heavenly vines, praying on heaven. He wants them to be prayed through you on earth so that there is unity, there is resonance between the sound of heaven and the prayers of heaven and the sound of earth coming through your mouth. Jesus is a praying man. Jesus is the great intercessor, and he, in his wisdom, has designed a purpose for you and I to be part of his transformative power being released into the earth, and it is through the bond of intercession. It is the greatest privilege you and I have been given. It changes and transforms nations. It transforms cities. It transforms families. It transforms the world. Elijah was a man with a nature like you in mind. But when he prayed, the heaven shut up and it did not rain in Israel for three years and six months. And when he prayed again, the heavens opened and a sound of mighty rain and the rain flooded and Israel was changed because of the prayers of one man with a nature like you in mind. Jesus became sin so that we would not know sin and become the righteousness of God because the righteousness of God qualifies us to stand in the presence of God and become his intercessors. God is looking for people that can come and know him and say, I will steward your heart and become your intercessor. It's dynamic intercession. When you begin 
to, to, to flow in this. And you allow the power of this intercessor, Jesus Christ, right? When you allow the line of the tribe of Judah to begin roaring through you, it establishes a pathway within you that is powerful, right? The more water that flows through a current, that flows through a stream, the river will expand. It will cut into the banks. It will grow. It will develop. And it will actually impact the entire environment, Right? The more that you allow this intercessor Jesus to pray through you, the more power, the more love, the more compassion, the more the burden of his heart that you will carry and you begin to, to cultivate this channel within you, it will so transform your internal environment that you will then begin to transform your external environment. It is the power of prayer. It bears fruit. It changes things. It transforms the world. Right? Daniel is an example of a man, of an intercessor, and a man who God used to transform a nation. In Daniel chapter 9, we read that Daniel is reading the book of Jeremiah. He's reading the prophetic oracle. If we back up to when Jeremiah was ministering, it was a rebellious Israel that was going off into exile. Jeremiah 29, our favorite verses, everybody knows them. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for a future and a hope. He's prophesying this to Israel as they're being sent out into exile, saying, I will not leave you. And it goes on to say, in 70 years, I'm going to bring you back and I'm going to establish you. This is my will. Israel's in Babylon 70 years later. The prophet Daniel's reading the scroll. This is Daniel chapter 9. I, Daniel, observed in the books the number of the years which was revealed as the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet for the completion of the desolations of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. So I gave my attention to the Lord God to seek him by prayer and supplication with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. I prayed to the Lord God, and he confessed. You can read the whole chapter. He falls on his face. He begins repenting for the sin of his nation. He is affected by the will of God that was revealed to his spirit through the written word of God. He humbles himself and prays. The angel comes. We see that there's all types of warfare that transpires because Daniel humbled himself and prayed. There's resistance. At one point, the angel's battling with the prince of Persia. There's strongholds. And yet, Daniel's intercession paved the way for a great miracle, which was a, a ruler of a foreign nation named Cyrus suddenly has a revelation one day that he's going to send Israel back to Jerusalem and pay for the temple to be rebuilt, right? The prayers of one man changed the history of a nation because Daniel was a man of intimacy. We know this because he wouldn't forfeit his secret place with God even if it cost him his life, and they threw him in the, in the lion's den. He's a man of discipline. He's a man that spent time alone with God every day. He had intimacy with God. He was intimate with God so that when he then received in his spirit what the will of God was, right? we often think of the will of God as like, you know, yeah, if it's God's will, it will happen. That's not what Daniel shows us. That was not Daniel's understanding of the will of God. Right? Daniel didn't use sovereignty to excuse him from his role to intercede to see God's will take place. Right, God is sovereign, and he's sovereign and faithful to his will. His will is what? Teach us to pray, Jesus. Pray like this. When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the will of God. 
But so many people read over that and say, that's a great idea. That's a great ideal. That's a great thing. If it's your will happen, if you want Boise to look like heaven, hey, do it, God. That'd be so cool. I'd like to see it. God's saying, you want to see it? Humble yourself and pray. If you like to see it, get so intimate with him that it's not just an intellectual cognition. It's not just this soulless thing like, I hope I see it one day. That would be rad. I hope I could join the movement. No, it's in your spirit. The spirit of God who's interceding with groanings too deep with words that sees the prostitute and the child that's getting molested and sees the brokenness and sees the systemic poverty and degradation and the selfishness that's ripping families and culture apart. The spirit of God that's interceding, groaning with grown so deep he wants to get into your spirit and start to transpire and starts to build this stream of intercession so that you begin to be gripped and convicted with the prayers that Jesus is praying the heavenly vine so that we can be a branch that's singing the same song on earth and start bearing fruit of the roaring lion of Judah roaring through you to see a nation changed It doesn't take a lot, but it takes someone to give everything. It doesn't have to be a lot of people, but I say, God, will you find that here? In Boise, it is in heaven. It's not some tagline. It's not some great idea. That is the will of God. And you and I are put in positions in this city, in this world, where we are constantly faced with the reality that his will is not yet realized here. Which means there is a call to intercession for you and I to fulfill. Because intercession will precede the release and the manifestation of the kingdom of God on earth. He responds to the prayers of his people. In Luke 11, the disciples ask Jesus, teach us to pray. He gives them the Lord's Prayer, which is good. He gives them what I just gave you. I want to use you to pray to change the world. But he doesn't stop there. Verse 5, he then says to them, suppose one of you has a friend. And goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves. A friend of mine's come to me on a journey. I have nothing to set before him. And from inside he answers and says, don't bother me. The door's already been shut and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he's his friend, because of his persistence, he'll get up and give him as much as he needs. This is an awkward story. Really awkward story. But I don't think it's an accident that Jesus is saying, you're going to have to push through what either is rejection or what is perceived to be as rejection to get the answer to your prayer. I've heard too many people upset at God that he didn't answer my prayers. I prayed, I fasted. And I didn't see the answer to my prayer. There's something about it. It it requires perseverance, not because it changes God, but because it changes us. (laughs) 
But I think that the spirit of rejection comes, begins whispering in people's ears, you're not that good at praying. You don't do that dynamic intercession. Actually, this is just isn't the will of God. No, it's not the will of God for your family to be saved. That's just that other family. It's not the will of God for, for your disease to be healed. It's not the will of God. It just must not be the will of God. Just let it be. No, it's just not. No, there's all these excuses that start coming. If God really loved you, then he would have already answered those prayers. If you really pray, you just don't know how to pray. You're not qualified. No, you're not that spiritual. You're not, you're not, you're not spending enough time in prayer. You haven't fasted enough. You don't know the word of God that well. You, there's so much junk that keeps people from praying. There's so much junk that gets people to stop praying. Right, and I don't want to be insensitive because I know that this is a, a hard topic that I've personally had to wrestle with. But so many people experience a big disappointment, either praying for a restoration in their family, praying for a healing of a miracle and someone will die, praying for restoration and a divorce happens, praying for whatever it is. And we don't see our miracle and we get offended and we give up. You just keep persisting. You just keep persisting. I don't care what I feel because I'm not praying from my soul. I don't care what I think because I'm not praying from my mind. I am not gripped by me. I'm gripped by him who took hold of me. And it's a groaning so deep. It doesn't matter what I feel. It doesn't matter what I think. God gave me wisdom. I perceived the will of God and I'm going to keep persisting. He continues in verse 9, and this is what the Greek tense of the word would read. It's going to read different in your Bibles. I say to you, ask and keep asking, and it will be given to you. Seek and keep seeking, and you will find. Knock and keep knocking, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks and keep asking receives, and he who seeks and keeps seeking finds. And to him who knocks and keeps knocking, it will be opened. Ask and keep asking, knock and keep knocking, seek and keep seeking. Don't get offended. Don't give up. Just keep pressing in. You just keep pressing in. You just keep pressing in. What I have found is that if you will keep persisting, you actually get transformed in the process. You begin to recognize ways you were praying from your soul, from your mind, because you won't pray those ways anymore. That gets killed in the perseverance process. That gets killed when the things don't happen the way that you thought they should. That gets killed when you want to give up, but something deeper keeps pushing you to keep going anyway. That gets killed. That gets sanctified. That gets crucified away. And what is left in, pu in the purified form of you is an intercession flow that's coming straight from heaven and being expressed through you on earth. You have to keep persevering. You won't just arrive at being a dynamic, powerful intercessor. You have to fight for it. It is a pearl of great price. It is something that you find when you walk through the fire and it's refined like gold seven times. But it is worth it because when you walk through that fire and you come out the other side, when you have persevered under trial, you receive the crown of life. When you walk through the fire, you come out refined. And God hears the prayers of a righteous man and a righteous woman. And that's what you are when you walk through the fire and keep not giving up. You just can't give up. You just can't give up. You just have to keep going, keep knocking, keep seeking, keep finding. God is looking for people that will carry the burden of his heart. 
He's searching. And I pray that he finds that here. My desire is that we be a community of intimacy and intercession. If we become a community of intimacy and dynamic intercession, we will see the vision of this church fulfilled. We will see days when the glory of God is so manifest that we can't hardly breathe. We have just seen a glimpse of what he wants to release here on a Sunday and there the rest of the time. There is a greater glory. There's a greater weight. He wants to manifest the fear of the Lord, not just here on a Sunday where we're in awe of the holiness of God. But when you're walking down 8th Street, the fear of the Lord on the sidewalks, the fear of the Lord where people just begin to recognize a consciousness of God coming back to a, to a nation that has turned their back to him. The reason atheism is so strong is because we lost the fear of the Lord. Atheism is not logical. You can't look Look at the earth and look at human beings and derive to the truth that we came from nothing for no reason and no purpose. That is illogical, but it has become resonant with our ration because we've lost the fear of the Lord in our nation. God wants to bring it back. God wants to transform culture. God wants to transform the marketplace. God wants to transform your family. God wants to transform. We've just seen the beginning of the beginning, but we have to become a people of intimacy and intercession if we're going to see his will realize his will will happen on earth but he'll find someone else if he doesn't find it here I don't want him to pass me by I don't want him to pass us by I want to persevere into the bullseye of God's heart for this region if you study the Ephesian revival says that Paul persevered day after day after day after day. He just kept in the school of Tyrannus. He just kept preaching the gospel. They thought it was like from 12 to 3 p.m., three hours a day. Day after day after day, he just kept preaching the gospel and discipling people. A few years later, the whole region had heard the word of the Lord. God began manifesting. There were, there were millions of dollars worth of idolatry being burned in the streets in Ephesus because the fear of the Lord came to a region and God transformed an entire region of that world because one man just said I'm gonna keep showing up I'm just gonna persevere into God's bullseye Dan Bohai preached that two years ago here he's just looking for people that will persevere into God's bullseye for a region if we become a people of intimacy and intercession, we will pioneer right into that place where we are ripe for him to entrust to us everything we need to see an outpouring that impacts not this region, but the nations of the earth. That's not an ideal. I believe that. There's a conviction that grips me. I weep over it. I weep over it. It hurts me sometimes because I know it's the will of God and I just want to see it with my own two eyes. And so I am all in. I will give everything it takes to just see this, but I can't do it alone. He's called this not to be Jordan Verner's thing. This is a people movement. This is a nameless, faceless move of God. He's not designed for one man to hold it. No man will receive glory from what's happening here. He wants it to be a people that have taken this upon them themselves to become the priesthood they were called to be to steward the weight of his glory to steward his heart and intercede to see what he wants to do through your life and do through our lives we gotta just press in
So Jesus, here we are. Grip us with your conviction, God. Grip us with your conviction, God. May we be like Daniel. May we be like Elijah. May we be a people of intimacy and intercession, God. Teach us how to pray with the Spirit of God according to the will of God. Flood our inner beings with revelation, light, and wisdom so that we begin to perceive and understand what the will of God is when we come into the time, into the secret place, when we come to pray as a community, God. May we, may we receive the wisdom of God. May we know how to pray according to your heart, God. May we be so rooted in intimacy, God, that, that you push, that, inter, that intercession literally is just birthed through us, God. May we become so acquainted with your whisper that suddenly we find your roar erupting through us, God. We thank you, Jesus, that you are releasing grace from heaven, God, that you are making us a praying people, that you are discipling us into the image of the great intercessor himself who lives to make intercession for us according to the will of God. We want to pray like you pray, Jesus. So come into our community, we ask. Come into our hearts. Come into our revival groups. Come into our prayer meetings. Come into our Sunday gatherings and teach us how to pray, Jesus. Teach us how to pray, Jesus. We just want to see your kingdom come. We want to see your will be done. We want to see our city transformed. We want to see, God, I just, I want to see Riverhouse be a church free of addiction. God, free of divorce. God, all the purposes of your heart accomplished, God. We want to see the day when we're walking so powerfully in the will of God that when we look out on the landscape of our lives, we see your kingdom everywhere. We want to see the day where we can actually say your kingdom is overtaking our city, God. Not just an idea, not just a prayer, God, but where we're actually seeing tangible fruit being, being, being uh, just reaped all across this land, God. We want to see your churches unite. We want to see salvation. We want to see deliverance. We want to see everything you purchased on the cross, Jesus. Grab the hands of the person next to you. Just say, Lord, make them a house of prayer. Say, God, awaken intercession in the depths of their being, God. Awaken, fan into flame, fan into flame, fan into flame, God. Fan and waken and stir. We say, Spirit of God, who searches the depth of God, come and awaken our spirit to pray tonight. Come and awaken the intercessor inside of us. Some of you, you have a gift of intercession, and it has been dormant in your life, and right now it's waking up. It is waking up. God, awaken the lioness. Awaken the, the roaring lion within your sons and daughters. God, awaken the intercessor. Awaken the intercessor God we just call forth the spirit of intercession that is the spirit of God to just quicken and enliven us in our house God that we be a people of prayer we be a people of prayer make us a people of prayer God increase your activity in our lives Increase the unbreaking of your kingdom. Increase your manifest presence. Increase your glory. Even now, God, let your glory descend into this place and awaken us. 
awaken us to our destiny, that we were predestined to become conformed to the image of your son. Make us like him. He is a praying man. Make us like him. He interceded and changed the history of this planet. Make us like him. Make us like him, God. Make us like him. like someone in here you're doubting and God's saying this is for you this is for you let me use your mouth to change the world just give me your mouth give me your heart let me use it this is for you this is for you like someone you've had such a dry experience of prayer you can't even understand what's being communicated tonight and God's saying let me show you this is for you This is for you. If you're on the prayer team, you can come forward. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in this house tonight. We thank you for what you're loosing, the part of your heart that you're entrusting to us. God, we thank you that you're giving us burdens. God, you're you're bestowing your compassion into us. You're giving us your perspective. You're, in, you're, 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 you're showing us the mystery of your will. God, we thank you that you're beginning a good work in this community, and you're going to be faithful to complete it. So make us a house of prayer. Make us a people of intimacy. Make us a people of dynamic intercession, I pray, in Jesus' mighty name. If you want to receive prayer, we're down here, and we'd love to intercede with you. But if not, if not, I bless you to go this week to know the whisper of Jesus and to find his roar. So go and roar and change the world in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Riverhouse Podcast. For more information, visit riverhouseministries.com.